I'm excited to speak this morning on um, God being our shepherd, Psalm 23, the old famous psalm. And just try to catch my breath. I'm just, whew. Um, this is me old mate. Um, he needs a name. Someone help me out. <laughs> Lamington. That's a good one. Eunice. Um, what was your one, Bex? What did you have before? Marty the Merino. <laughs> okay, Marty. Marty will do. So <laughs> this is this is Marty. Hmm? <laughs> He's my little prop this morning. Um, shoes, shoesy. Anyway, um, so he's just going to be here with me. I don't know why he's a he and not a she. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get distracted by this, so I hope that you don't. It's a good visual aid because I'm a real visual person and I remember visual things. Um, so hopefully <laughs> this guy will help you out. Um, but before I even start talking about whatever I'm talking about, um, I had a dream last night, which was which was quite a fun dream. I I often... Um, get dreams where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I know that was God. I don't know if there's anyone else in the room that is like that. But there's just something different about the dream that I, when I wake up, I, I ask God, like, what was that all about? That was that was odd or whatever. Um, and so I was in a room with a whole bunch of people and we were sitting in a circle and the reason for being there, I'm not sure what it was, but we were um, praying for each other and we were prophesying over each other and which is a fun thing to do. And prophesying is simply asking God what he would say to a person or a place or a people and then sharing that word, um, which God wants to do with all of us, which is awesome. Um, and so we were doing that. So we were in this big circle and it was there was a whole bunch of people I knew and a whole bunch of people I didn't know. And we were all sharing words for each other. So each, each time it was someone's turn, everyone would get up and get around them, surround them and share some words and pray. And it was my turn, and I was sitting there, and there was all these people around me praying. And I don't know if you've been in a situation like that where you just want to, like, hear what everyone is saying because you know it's good, but you're kind of just in the moment, and there's all this noise, and it's really cool when you feel the Spirit of God and all that kind of stuff. And so that happened, and, and I, I don't know what people were praying, but it felt really amazing. And then I saw that Kirsten, Kirsten Burr, the lovely Kirsten, was writing down what everyone was saying about me, what everyone was saying about what God was saying to me. And I just saw there were pages and pages. I don't know how you did that, but thanks. Um, <laughs> that is something that you would do, though. Um, <laughs> so there was just pages and pages and pages of all the stuff that God was saying to me. And then I woke up. And which is always, you always wake up right when you're about to know something, you know? Um, and it was about a couple of minutes before my alarm, so I, I think that God woke me up at that point because he wanted to teach me something. And so I woke up, and I was like, God, what was written in there? What was all that about? I want to know what you're saying about me. And his thing to me was, and this wasn't like an audible voice or anything, I just got the feeling in my spirit that he was saying that it didn't really matter exactly what the words were, but that they were really good words, that they were affirming words, that they were positive words, that they were uplifting words, that they were just really like edifying me, you know, that kind of like, didn't really matter what he was saying, but the spirit was good. It was so good. Um, so that was like beautiful for me. <laughs> but then I really felt God be like, 
you need to tell the people in church today that God has pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of good things that he's constantly thinking about you and you and you and everyone here affirming words, whether you believe them or not. He's affirming you constantly. He's encouraging you constantly. He's lifting you up constantly. And so what I want to do, actually, I should have done it when you're up because the keys are spiritual, but it <laughs> doesn't really matter. I want, us to take a, <laughs> I want us to take a couple of moments, just like 20 seconds, whatever, and whether you want to close your eyes or not, whatever, doesn't have to be weird. Um, <laughs> please don't make it weird. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's probably already weird. Um, <laughs> um, and just ask God what he wants to say to you this morning so just take a moment just ask him in your, in your mind, in your heart ask God what would you say to me this morning If you don't have any experience with God, if you have a feeling or a thought or a picture that is good, that is affirming, that is uplifting, then I can guarantee that that is God. Awesome. Now I want you to take that word and just like own it. Don't question it. It's easy to sometimes... We do this with people, but I'm sure we do this with God too, where someone will say, oh, like, I'm really proud of you. And you go, for what? I haven't done anything. Or, like, you're, you're stunning, you're beautiful. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Like, don't question that word. Just have it. Have it for yourself. Just have it between you and God. Have that word. Write it down if you need to. Sometimes it's nice to write those things down so you remember and you can just look back at it and remember and, yeah. But anyway, that was just a freebie. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So this morning I'm going to speak um, from Psalm 23. It's my little sheep friend, which I've also forgotten his name already. So he doesn't need a name. Marty. Marty the Merino. <laughs> there you go. So um, I think I've got the verses up on the screen. Yes. Thanks, Caleb. What a champ. Um, I'm going to read them out, and I'm sure you've heard them before, but I want you to just like, as I'm reading them, just in your spirit, just say to God, like, teach me something new. Show me something new. Show me something new about you. Show me something new about myself. Let this not just be information. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I really wanted to unpack this whole psalm, but that would take me a few weeks, <laughs> like last time. Um, so I'm pretty much just going to go through the first three, I think, verses, um, and then another time we'll do the rest. Um, so for some, some context for that psalm. So I had a look online on the old interwebs and was like, when did David write the psalm? 
And there's a lot of like, he wrote it then, and he wrote it here, and he wrote it there. So no one knows, because no one was there. Um, <laughs> but no one had the interwebs then. Um, but it seems, from some research that I've done, that he wrote this um, a lot later, a lot later on than he was an actual shepherd. So he was a shepherd, tended to sheep, um, and God moved in his life, and he was king, and all this other lots of context um, that you can do yourself if you wish. Um, but that he would find himself in a place of needing a shepherd, of needing something from God, that he would go back to a place in his life where he knew something about something. This will make sense, I promise. And write from the perspective of a shepherd because he needed a shepherd. So he went back to a place in his life where he could think, okay, this, I, was, I was really good at being a shepherd and I tended to sheep and reverse, like kind of switching that up and God was his shepherd. So the whole reason for me saying that context bit is to just to say, I don't know if this is for one of you or for a lot of you or whatever, but that nothing is wasted, that David went back to a time of his life and learnt something new about God from something that happened years and years and years ago when he was just an innocent shepherd caring for his sheep and now he was a king and all this other stuff happened in his life, but he could go back and learn something, which is pretty cool. So in the verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. So if the Lord is my shepherd, what does that make me? <laughs> sheep. A sheep. Now, sheep aren't known for their um, intelligence, <laughs> um, their wit, or their, um, like, defense, um, which I think it's no surprise that God wanted to kind of, <laughs> you know, put us together with the sheep. Um, <laughs> sheep and humans have similar behaviors. We are kind of like, we have mob instincts, so we move together, and that can be a good thing, and that can be a really bad thing. So, like, as a church, we are like a mob. <laughs> That's not a very good word to describe a church, but um, <laughs> we move together, and you'll find that, um, I guess, anywhere in life, like, fashion trends, people move together, um, like the internet kind of moves and we all move with it and like politics and all that kind of stuff. Like everything in life, humans kind of move as mob. Um, and obviously there's times where you kind of like step out of the mob and do your own thing. But generally, <coughs> we often respond with fear, which is not that fun, but <laughs> sheep do the same thing. Um, they're quite stubborn um, and um, <laughs> there's a few knowing laughters out there. Um, and they're not that smart. So, <laughs> which I, I'm not going to point out anyone here for that, but I can point to myself, sometimes not that smart. Um, and used to like habits and stuff, so very habitual. So we'll do the same thing. You wake up, you do the thing, you go to work, you whatever, and you go home, and then you wake up, and then you whatever, which is, you know, fine. But that's how we kind of grouped in with the sheep. But one thing that sheep can't survive without, and same with us, is a shepherd someone to lead them, someone to guide them, someone to look after them. They can't defend themselves. Sheep can't defend themselves as they don't have, they don't have claws or fangs or they can't make a fist or they can't like put venom in anyone or anything. They really need looking after. Sheep left alone and unattended are prone to die of disease or starvation and could easily fall victim to predators. The heart of the psalm, which I really love, is that it doesn't connect with the self-sufficient. It doesn't connect with an independent spirit. The I'm okay all by myself attitude. 
It comes from the heart of, I can't do this by myself. I actually need someone to look after me at all times because my mind wanders and I'm stubborn and I'm a bit stupid sometimes. And <laughs> we need leadership. And we need shepherding whether we like it or not. So in the Hebrew, the Lord is my shepherd means, it doesn't mean that God is literally my shepherd. Like Jesus didn't literally like take the sheep and pick them up and carry them. Like, you know, the old pictures of Jesus and he's got a lamb on his shoulders and it's beautiful and his hair is all luscious. Um, <laughs> he's not literally a shepherd, but it means it's a verbal noun. So it's an active word. He shepherds us. So it doesn't mean that he just kind of sits there and, you know, waves his staff or whatever, but he shepherds us. He feeds me. He drives me to pasture. He protects me. He instructs me with his staff. He guides and corrects and does everything a shepherd must do to make sure that I am one of his flock. That's how I know him as a shepherd, shepherding me, as the one who cares for and watches over me. And that's how he expresses himself in actions, not just a static status. The relationship enjoyed between a shepherd and a sheep is not that of heavy authority, but of mutual belonging and appreciation. A shepherd's not a shepherd without a sheep, and sheep aren't well cared for if they don't have a shepherd, so it's what goes together. The picture of the shepherd here in the psalm is the person who sees deeds. God shepherds me by seeing my deeds. He knows who I really am because he sees every single thing that I do. In the longer Hebrew form, this word would be the person who sees strength in the life of work. A fuller sense of what it means to see my deeds. Now, I read this, I read these couple of sentences and I thought, this is, like, this is it. Like, this is beautiful. So I'm going to read it out from here. Since work is task completion, worship and service, the one who sees me all, wait, the one who sees me sees all that I do in regard to my purpose and, of course, all that I do in disregard of my purpose. The reason he is shepherding me is because he sees. God sees me. God sees you. That either brings me great joy or devastating sorrow. But there is no escape from his sight and no fear to let him examine me if I am standing faithfully before him. He sees and because he sees, he cares for me. Now the next part of the verse is, I lack nothing. And in other, other versions of the Bible it says, uh, I shall not want, or I don't need a thing. Philip Keller, who I found online, and he's written a lot of, um, a lot of books about Psalm 23 and shepherding, and he's from like a shepherding background. So he knows, he knows sheep, he knows God, and so he was the best one to help me with this. Um, <laughs> although I don't think he's alive anymore, so rest in peace. Um, <laughs> he um, writes about Psalm 23, and I love, 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 love this sentence, and I've put it in the life group notes because I just think it, you know, oh, it's just it's so beautiful. And this is, this is like the Christian life, you know? This is life with God. Being utterly contented in the good shepherd's care and consequently not craving or desiring anything else. Utterly contented, which means one of two things. It means willing to accept, so willing to accept where you're at in life, where you, um, where you are with God, where you are with just everything that's going on in life. And it also means a satisfaction. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with your walk with God? Now, there's another way of looking at it where being content is not a good thing, but I'm looking at the good side of things. 
um, where you're kind of just like, well, this is life now, and just kind of doing it. That's not a great content. <laughs> but being content with, with God, with the fact that he sees you, that he loves you, that he's with you, that he cares for you, that he provides for your needs, being content in that is a beautiful thing. It's one of the greatest strengths, I think, that a human can possess. And I think it's active, like I said before. Active contentment, not passive. Always moving forward, but always with God, knowing that he's with you. Believing that God, the good shepherd, will give you everything that you need. You don't need to worry. And worry, I think, is something that comes up a lot in conversation. Um, people that I have conversation with and just all over the place Worried about this job, worried about this relationship, worried about this, worried about that. When God says so clearly in the Bible, about talks about worry, which I think is beautiful. And quite like obvious <laughs> too. Like I love God in the sense that sometimes you're like, huh? but this is like very obvious. Therefore, I tell you, sorry, this is Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air or the sheepies of the field. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and, let, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not so much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what should we eat, or what should we drink, or what should we wear? For the pagans run around after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day is enough trouble of its own. The more we worry, the more we fret about the future, the more we just have a spirit of worry, an attitude of worry, the clearer it shows to me and the people around you and to God that we don't believe that he's got our best interests at heart, that he's got everything that we need, that he's got tomorrow's food and clothes and water and everything else that we need for tomorrow. He's got it. If we really, really believe that, then we could just live today, live today, and then tomorrow we could not think about the next day because we know that he's got us. He's got us. That's, that's why he's alive, <laughs> to shepherd us, to love us, to care for us. That's his whole purpose, to love us. <laughs> Let's believe it. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. The ability to lie down restfully requires freedom from th threat and conflict and an ample provision of one's needs. There are four requirements before a sheep will lie down. Free from fear of unexpected unknown. Free from friction from the flock, so the other sheep around it. Free of pests, like flies and parasites. And four, free from hunger and thirst. So you'll know, and I, I wish I could unpack this a bit further too, but you'll know, you'll know when you can't rest, like when your spirit can't rest, when your body can't rest. And often there's a lot of things at play that <laughs> that um, get in the way of that. Like the, you might f be fearing what tomorrow is going to bring. You might um, there might be something wrong with your body. There might be something in a relationship that is that is worrying you. 
But knowing that God has that sorted and he's got tomorrow sorted means you can, you can lie down, you can rest, you can find that green pasture that he's brought you to and you can rest knowing that he's, he's watching. Don't you worry, he's watching, he's got it all sorted. Often a shepherd will count his sheep. And if you're a parent, you'll know that when you're leaving the house or if you're in a crowded place, you often do the quick head count to make sure that all your kids, yep, we've got them all sweet. And then there's the moments where you're like, someone's missing. (laughs) And you go. You don't really worry about what's going on around you. You go and you find that sheep. And it just reminded me of a story of um, Chris Hodges, who is an incredible pastor, an incredible teacher. He tells a story so often and it's so like it impacts me like every single time I hear it about his family were out on holiday and they're in a new place and they were at a cafe or something and um, he's got about five kids, something, four or five or hundred. What's the difference? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, um, and his youngest son has, is autistic um, and so they're all together, they're all having a good time and then all of a sudden he looks around and he's like, where is Joseph? And he can't find him. And obviously he tells the story better, it's his story. Um, but... In that moment, it's like, we have to find him. We're not thinking like, oh, is like Jimmy okay? He's got his shoes tied. Is he all right? No, you get out and you go and you find your son. And they eventually found him. So it's good news in the end. Um, but that's an incredible story of what a shepherd is like. And ultimately, what God is like. If someone's lost, if someone's missing, he'll go. He'll leave because he knows that the flock that he's leaving are fine. Because he's taking care of everything. He's made sure there's no threats. He's made sure there's enough food. The water's there. He's got it sorted. So he'll go and he'll find that lost one. We're all capable of getting lost. So capable. And often it happens happens a lot, let's be honest. (laughs) But God will come and find you. He will come and find me. In verse 3, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. He renews my strength. He fills up my tank. He reminds me of things that I've forgotten. And I love the words here, that he refreshes my soul. It's his responsibility to refresh my soul, not mine. The part we have to play in this is letting him, letting him do it. He designed us. He created us. He knows what will refresh us. For someone, it might be going for a run. That's not me. (laughs) Um, It might be, for me, like, Going away by myself, going for a drive, going to the supermarket by myself (laughs) is a little bit of a refresher. Can I get an amen? Um, For you, he knows what refreshes you. And he will make, he'll try and make space in your life to do that. Do you want to do it too? (laughs) Do you have enough, like, honor of yourself, respect of yourself to let that happen? The sheep is dependent on the shepherd for safety and well-being. This is a, this is a funny example of an actual sheep, but um, it's so relevant to us in real life all the time. So <laughs> the first bit's a bit weird, so don't take this personal. A heavy, fat, or long-fleeced sheep will lie down comfortably in some little hollow or depression of the ground. It may roll on its side slightly to stretch out or relax. Suddenly, the center of gravity in the body shifts so that it turns on its back far enough that the feet can no longer touch the ground. It may feel a sense of panic and start to paw frantically. Frequently, this only makes things worse. It rolls over even further. 
Now it is quite impossible for it to regain its feet. Good one. I was going to do it with the sheet, but it, no, I'm, no. <laughs> should have got Elijah to do it. No. Okay. <laughs> the only way the sheep can be restored to balance and put in an upright position is with the assistance of the shepherd. And because the shepherd sees, it wouldn't be long before that sheep got noticed. <laughs> Maybe by the other sheep being like, ha ha. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the other sheep couldn't probably even help that much either. Grab my hand. <laughs> They're like buffing, like, <laughs> what are they called? Hooves or something? Are they hooves? Hooves. Um, they're not very helpful. Um, but it wouldn't be long before the shepherd saw the sheep on its back with its little leggies flying around in the air and come over, grab the sheep, put it back on its four legs, and off it goes. Because the shepherd is always looking. That's its job, to look, to care for the sheep. And the last bit of uh, verse 3, he guides me along right paths for his namesake. A good shepherd doesn't let his sheep graze too long in one place. He knows the right time and the right place to move to. Sometimes God takes us somewhere and it's good and it's lush and the fields are green and there's water and you can rest and all that kind of stuff. But we just stay there because it was good once. And I read a story about a, um, a guy who decided that he would get some sheep as a secondary income. So he's got his job, but he's like, I'll just get some sheep. It'll be fine. I've got a really good field um, and it'll be all good. They'll be fine just eating and pooping and whatever else sheep do. Um, and it, it didn't last long before the sheep got really sick and they were rolling over and <laughs> couldn't get up and getting parasites and stuff and and buffing their heads along on things because they get like flies in their eyes and they go on their brain and it's so disgusting. I'm so sorry that I said that. <laughs> it was really gross. Um, <laughs> um, but before long, all the sheep were sick and he couldn't figure it out because he's like, the field, look at the fields. They're amazing. The fences are there. There's water. The water's fresh or whatever. But the obvious thing was the sheep didn't have any leadership. They didn't have a shepherd. So it's not just about where you are and whether it's good, whether the surroundings are good, whether your situation's going good at the moment, are you being led? It's not up to us to chase the right situation, just simply follow the shepherd in utter content, even where we don't know where we're going. <laughs> we're not promised a perfect situation, perfect relationships, perfect experiences, perfect jobs, families, all that kind of stuff. But we are promised a perfect saviour, and that's what we do have now. And that's who we get to follow. Isn't That just makes sense, right? It just makes sense. Sheep left alone to fend for themselves do no better than humans who insist on doing things their own way. Like I said before, creatures of habit will stay in the same place, grazing on the same grass, until, it, until the sheep dies or the grass dies, um, or we overgraze, or we walk in the same trail until it becomes a deep rut and we can't actually get out of it. So often we just stay in the same place because once it was good, but we don't actually like look up and think, where's the shepherd? Let's, oh man, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just decided to stay in this one place and it's not good for me. We, like sheep, reflect the shepherd we follow. As followers of Christ, we're doing one of two things. 
being filled and resting or moving. Think of a sheep. It remains in a field so it can graze and it can rest and it can fill up and it can sleep. Or it's being led by the shepherd to another place that's better for the sheep. Where do you find yourself right now? Right in the thick of something? Something lush, something green, something like rest, resting, restful? Or are you in the process of moving somewhere? So it could be it could be anything. It could be a thought pattern could be moving. You could be moving on from that. It could be a physical moving. It could be jobs. It could be relationships. It could be just anything really. You moving somewhere with God, somewhere with Him. You should know where you are because it should just make sense to you. Could I get the band to come up? We're going to do a response very soon. So if you do find yourself really just in the thick of something, you know God's called you somewhere, you're doing the thing, it's really awesome. Do it well. Know that God has put you there and he's, he's got you covered. He sees you. He knows what tomorrow's going to do. He knows what yesterday was. He knows he's got you sorted. He's got you sorted. Do it well there. Or are you being led somewhere new? Know that God sees you and he knows your needs. He's taking you somewhere so you can lie down in green pastures and be filled with sustenance, some lush sustenance. He sees you. Wherever you find yourself in all of that, he sees you. He knows your needs. Trust him. Know that someone is committed to taking care of you.